Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Deuce and more, deuce and more, they tell you what they know. Deuce and more, deuce and more, deuce and more, the podcast that you know. Hey, welcome into the Juice and More podcast. We are recording this after a busy day at Sacramento Kings Media Day. All the players are there. It's like the first day of school. The mm-hmm. vibes are just so sweet. We're going to go over everything, and we're going to hear from some of the players. Morgan, you know how a playoff deuce is a thing? Well, you, you made a it a more thing, fo- and a few other people, like, yeah. Playoff deuce is a little more focused. Like, I, I High energy, yeah. Preseason deuce. Yeah, where's preseason deuce at? After today, oh, God. I am feeling <laughs> so good Seriously? about the Sacramento Kings. Calm down. I'm just telling you, I'm feel- I just want to know where I am at mentally with this team right now. And I, I cannot I <laughs> do this with you this year. No. So no. we're going to talk a lot about some of the stuff we heard at Media Day, what we saw. Morgan, you were doing stuff for NBC Sports California. You were off in an area interviewing players. Who did you interview today? Um. Well, I started off with Davion, and it was it, Davion was great. He's just, he. you can just tell he's more and more comfortable. And 
Um, it's funny because a lot of the things we talked about were a lot of things that we talked about in the interview that you and I had done with him in the off season, just talking about the playoffs. Um, we can go more into all that stuff. And of course, Davion and Harrison Barnes are the first two out. And I'm like, wow, this says a lot about your guys's personalities. Cause they're just, yeah. they're just on time guys. They work hard. They get in, they get out. Um, Monty McNair was next and that was fun because that is someone that we've wanted on the podcast forever. So finally talking to him one-on-one, I'm like, yeah, we like hoops. This is what we talk about. And so just talking about continuity with him and bringing it all back and just the type of person he likes to, um, put on this roster was really fun talking to him. A few other guys, who else? Kevin Herter, De'Aaron Fox, um, and just talking to De'Aaron, I was like, in that different setting was, was he like, kind of like hey just we, talk we to just you. talked like, for, for like seven hours. hours and i even said i was like that was like Rose and i said i was like that was two hours and he was like seriously didn't even notice like just the sweetest yeah. and like um that deuce mason effect, you know huh? and i'm just like in a different setting with him so i'm trying not to i would love to just shoot the shit with him but i'm like also just they're on a schedule yeah, yeah. of getting to different things so i'm trying to just be like polite and like get these questions out i'm glad you mentioned that because uh, for those who don't know how media day works there's about eight thousand stations and today was very interesting because there's a little more attention for the Sacramento Kings. Oh, yeah. NBA TV had a reporter out there doing one-on-ones with uh-huh. players going live. Uh, NBA radio was out there mm. interviewing players yeah. live. The Kings were getting a lot of attention. And then, you know, they have to go through a ton of things, going through the Kings digital department, doing interviews with NBC Sports California, both with Draper and Morgan. <laughs> then they come over and take some pictures for the AP, then for the NBA ESPN. Oh, they have to go out to the courts to do intros. Then they have to come out and do radio station interviews with the local stations, right? Digital and, stuff. Yeah. And then they come over to the media scrum. Like it oh is crazy. And it's on a schedule. It moves so fast. It's like, all right, you get eight minutes here. All right. Now on to the next yeah. thing. It's, it's a wild scene. And by the end of it, you can tell the players who have been in the league a long time yeah. versus the players who are like, this is new and fun. The young guys are like, Oh, the immediate. Like, cool. Everyone this wants so my cool. photo. Like, or like JaVel McGee by the end of it, it's probably like, I've done like 16 of these. Uh, I'm over this. Can we just go play ball? Yep. Yeah. Oh, uh, I didn't I didn't uh, interview him, but before he went over, it was Kyle that interviewed him, but Sasha Vazenkov, I um, introduced myself, said hi. Let's just. Do you go, Sasha? Sasha, 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 Sasha. No, I did not. Bezzy, Oh, I could keep going. Yeah, I have so many thoughts. I hope you know I have a lot of thoughts So introduce myself to Sasha. And like, sometimes you do that with players. And there's just over the years, there's some players like, hi, I don't give a shit about you. And then there's other players that are like, oh my gosh, this is fun. Nice to meet you. And I got like that energy from him. I'm like, thank you. And also think about how many people they meet. On a media day. Oh it's just like, my yeah, God. I'm not going to remember all these names. All I tell them is I'm NBC Sports California. I'm yeah. going to be talking to you in a post game, hopefully. Like win some games, do some good things. Um, Yeah, I got, oh, Trey Lyles. I love talking to Trey Lyles because I asked him a little bit about uh, his fiance because she's obviously a professional uh, athlete and he's a professional athlete. So I just talked about like the benefits of that. And it was really cool because they get to connect on an emotional level from like, like she's on her fifth team, he's on his it's fifth interesting. team. Interesting. I asked him that same question. Wait, in the did scrum, you really? And he gave me the same answer. Yeah. Did you clap? Yeah. I closed my eyes and heard a pop, and I thought it was a, one of those poppers. 
that's weird. Why would I have <laughs> I a popper? I don't know. I, I didn't know what happened. Magician. <laughs> Scared the shit out of me. I opened my eyes. I'm like, what was that? And I did like an old man. Uh, ha! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. No, yeah, we, uh, same, same thing. Okay. Where do you want to right. start today? I want to ask you this. Do you have questions for me? I saw every player come through. Uh, if you want to fire some stuff, or I could take it. I think I kinda, Deuce I, wants me to ask him I kind of like questions. the idea of you throwing something at me, and I, I'll, I'll take it from there. Oh, yeah. You know what? And because you're really good at mem- uh, remembering stuff yeah. and retaining stuff. So, okay, Deuce. Yeah. Um, what was one of the first interesting scrums you were in? Well, Morgan, as you know, I'm interested by most of them because uh, I'm a big basketball fan. Okay. So one, um, like some of the best. Th- oh, oh, I know one. Yeah. What Doma said about Sasha. What you, did he say about Sasha? About his shooting. That's you. Oh, I mean that. I think one of the big takeaways today, and we could start there. Okay, I like um, this. Sasha. Mm-hmm. Um, and one, he was great with the media. Fantastic, super engaging, but. Every player was talking about his shooting. Oh my god! Kevin Herter was talking about him breaking some of the team shooting records that they have, like when they set it up when they had these competitions. Yeah, and he's just smoking it. Like yep. Fox mentioned it. I think Keegan did. So, like everyone is talking about, and we knew he was a good shooter. But mm-hmm. when you hear these guys go, "No, like he's elite," and I think Sabonis said he's probably the best shooter on the team, and I'm like. That's what it was. I mean, they had two guys who hit over 200 threes last year in Herter and Keegan Murray. Uh, let's uh, start with the Sasha angle then. That's a good one. Uh, like the newcomer. It. I know a lot of people are excited about what Sasha can bring to the team. And um, it was interesting to hear everyone's perspective on it. Uh, we'll have some audio on this, some video, because some of my editing was not good today for whatever reason. So you're going to get a combination of both. Does that sound okay, Morgan? That sounds okay. Cool. Uh, first of all, this is what uh, Kevin Herter had to say about Sasha. When you look at the new guys like Sasha and Chris, what, what, what elements do they bring to this team that maybe you guys did not have last year? Yeah, I mean, uh, Sasha shoots Sasha shoots the hell out of the ball. He, uh, he's coming here all fall. He's broken all our shooting records that we had last year. He's uh, somebody that's already been in pickup. Just He's a shot maker, so he's really exciting. Huh. So that's a it, good thing. That's a great thing. Um and I, I also asked De'Aaron about uh, Sasha and his shooting, and he was just talking about how, like, that guy, his rhythm and his motion, it just falls through the net, and the net doesn't even move. Here's what Fox told us in the media about uh, Sasha. I know you're excited about adding Sasha. I'm curious what, what stood out to you now that you've seen him play a little bit out in these workouts. Man, he shoots, he, he shoots out of the ball. It's crazy, like... Uh, one of our one of our shooting drills, I think, is like 150 shots, and I think he missed seven. Like, like he's up there with some of the best shooters in the world. And uh, for us, you know, we're telling him because I think when he first got here, we were playing pickup. You know, he's kind of trying to fit in, trying to fit in. And I think he traveled more than he did in Euro in Euro League, <laughs> and that's saying something if you're traveling in the NBA. Um, but we want him to be comfortable, and we want him to know that. He has a green light to shoot the ball. I mean, like I said, one of the best shooters in the world. Um, that's why you're here. We want you to shoot the ball. Uh, if you think it's a bad shot, it might not actually be a bad shot. Um, but once he gets it going, man, it's like the net's not even moving. It's crazy. We're actually just sitting there watching him shoot the ball. He says he shoots the p- 
Piss out of the ball, Morgan. I like that. I mean, that's just a very aggressive way to say it, and <laughs> I appreciate it on so many levels. Yeah. So, I mean, it was exciting to hear these guys talk about his shooting. Here's what the second-year player, Keegan Murray, said about Sasha. Yeah, Sasha, he's been really good. Um, just his shooting ability um, brings another element for us to be able to spread the court. Um, uh, he's, he's defended really well um, in pickup games and stuff like that, one-on-one situations. So I'm just excited to see him uh, grow in the NBA game. And um, he's going to have ups and downs um, as a rookie in the NBA. Nothing's going to go smooth sailing. And um, just to see him uh, go through those like I kind of did last year. And I know he'll get over those humps. And I feel like he'll be a really good player in this league. Yeah, when you start talking about how good his shooting is, uh, and Keegan also said his his defense has actually been solid too in some of these workouts. The guys have been back for a minute. Most of the guys, I believe, have been back for almost a month now. I thought another interesting thing that was speaking of that and trying to build chemistry, Harrison Barnes mentioned that the team met up like multiple times over the offseason, including before free agency, uh, and then after different spots yeah. in Napa, Southern California, they're really a connected group right now. Yeah. I felt that. And it, it so it was just, it's good to hear that. It's good that they've been in the gym trying to build that chemistry together. But dude, what Sasha can do for this offense with his shooting could be massive. Like this team was already elite offensively. You know what I mean? Right. They, they were the best offensive team in the NBA last year. And you add a guy like Sasha who is capable of knocking down shots I left and right. I think about how it takes the pressure off of some other guys on the offensive end. And not to say other guys yeah. can't create and do what they need to do um, on that end of the floor. But at the same time, if one of them aren't clicking or aren't on or aren't having the best night, can you rely on that shot-making ability from Sasha Vizenkov? And it, another thing, that was one of the things I asked uh, Monty McNair about. I asked him about Sasha, and I was like, did you think just, like, years ago when you um, traded for the rights for Sasha Vizenkov that he was going to take the EuroLeague by storm and do what he did? And, you know, he has to push back a little with, like, well, Sasha was first team all EuroLeague. And I'm, all I'm thinking is, like, he wasn't doing this shit, and and he kind of he went better. back to yeah. that, yeah, and just how his game became so dominant in the Euroleague, and talked about how valuable and how much he understood over the years, which I also believe that as well. Monty actually pushed back on me on something today. Ooh, we'll get to it. Oh my god! Oh, I'm up. excited. Um, let's stick on Sasha since we're we're just talking about what his teammates are saying. Uh, here's what Sasha is saying about uh, his new squad. You know, like offensively, I think the, everybody sees what Kings can do, like the pace, the uh, speed, uh, how, how the ball moves. Like, I think uh, it's great. I think uh, the effort and the challenges here is how good we'll be in the defensive end. Uh, we have to improve, uh, and that will happen through the games. But we have to keep also our offensive standards really high. Where do you feel like you sit as a defender right now? Uh, you know, uh, you have to. It's a new challenge, and uh, even if you study the game and uh, you see video and tape, you have to feel it. You have to face it. So, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll be improving uh, every day. I work out, and uh, I'm confident about myself. That's why I'm here. And he's right. Like, I and I, 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 I just like the fact that he's just like, yeah, our offense is legit. Yeah. The biggest question is going to be our defense, and can we be a good defensive team? And I think 
that's probably going to be the big theme we're talking about all season long is are we seeing this team take a step defensively? Well, and I think that's where the the continuity does play a little bit more of a part than we even want to, than some people even want to give it credit for. Um, because we look at elite individual defenders and we go like, how do you get that guy? But at the same time, when you can build something together and how much, how much defense relies on trust and effort for a team, uh, I think this team can seriously take that next step in that category. And that's me just being, you know me, I don't like making predictions, but that's just me being confident in what we saw last year and how we even saw it get better in the playoffs. Yeah, and I just, you know, we talk about the basketball IQ on this team and then some of the experience. I think one of the most underrated things about adding Sasha and JaVale McGee, they are vets. Mm -hmm. One, JaVale McGee is a vocal guy. Yeah. He's going to talk to his team a lot. He takes a pride. He takes a lot of pride in playing defense and blocking shots, being a rim protector. I think adding two guys like that, and I know Sasha's a rookie in the NBA, but it's like he's also twenty-seven, what twenty-eight years old. Yeah, he's been playing basketball at a high level for a very long time. I'm like, you add these two guys to the squad, it's it's gonna make you better. They've been in big games. Mm -hmm. McGee has won three championships. Sasha's played high level ball deep into the Euro League playoffs. Like he is legit too. That stuff matters. Monty likes high IQ guys. Yeah. He likes smart guys. And and that's what's so fun too. Even when you hear these guys talk about Mike Brown still and this coaching staff, it's it's so much like what we've already heard, right? The the military background from Mike Brown, how if you don't meet those standards, like he treats every guy equally. It doesn't matter if you're the 10th guy down the list, 11th guy, whatever, you're all being treated the exact same. And I think what that does is build a lot of trust and respect for one another in that alone is going to help an NBA team take a leap in many categories. Well, you want to stick on the defense for a sec, man? stick on the defense. I think that no, was a, that's an interesting topic today uh, with Mike Brown and even Monty Ooh. McNair. Let's start, start with Mike Brown on his message for the team headed into camp and his expectations for this team. Message this year, would you say? Uh, it, you know, there were a couple of things that we talked about. The biggest thing, if there's one that I'd like to get out there is our physicality has to start start happening yesterday. Uh, we know we're a good team. How do we become a good, a great team? And uh, you know, first and foremost, we have to understand that uh, the enemy of the great is the good. So uh, we can't get complacent. We got to be all in, and we got to continue building on our narrative that we laid the foundation for last year. Continued with this summer with our connectivity and our work ethic, and now going forward, we got to we got to build on it. Where's the curiosity for you when you look at this roster and you enter training camp? Uh, how we handle uh, the expectations out there. Uh, I tried to tell our guys that uh, um, you know the expectations, uh, especially from our fans, are high. You know, uh, which they should be because we showed we were a good team last year. Even around the, the NBA world, the expectations are high. We went from I think one national TV game last year to 22. Uh, you know, I ended up I think playing on three last year because the two that were added were oops. You know, this team back, you know, this team couldn't do it or that team couldn't do it. And so they went to us. So how do we how do we handle expectations? And I tried to simply put it to our guys that, hey, 
we have to understand and acknowledge that, uh, yeah, the expectations are high, but our fans' expectations are our reality. You know, uh, we expect to compete for a championship. So any of the noise that we hear out there, uh, you best believe that we're trying to attain that and more. So a lot to unpack there from Mike Brown, but at the end of there, he's in championship expectations. And if you're going to be having those type of expectations, the defense just has to get better. He started that by saying physicality. Mm. It should have happened yesterday. I, I, I think we saw steps in that in the playoffs. Uh-huh. But I think the thing that was so jarring in for the coaching staff is like, hey, you guys, how do you flip a switch in the playoffs? How are you ready to, to buckle down and play better defense for stretches? In fact, some of their best defense of the entire season came in the playoffs mm-hmm. against the Warriors. That has to be the focus like, I mean, obviously starting with camp, but right when they start the season. Gaining that playoff experience, and when I say gaining that experience, you could break it down thing by thing, topic by topic. How physical, how different playoff defense has to be. The details have to be. That alone is going to help where this team, where their understanding is on where they need to be uh, physically, and I know I you just saw it there. Mike Brown looked very serious when he was talking about how they need to be more physical as of yesterday. I think physicality, that word, is going to be something that we hear a lot, and I think it's something that we're going to see more of, too. You got to. He's going to pound it into their brains. Are yeah. you kidding me? This guy, he is something else. Defense was also a topic with Monty McNair. I, forget, I don't know if, well, I'll just play it. <laughs> I think uh, certainly some internal improvement we're going to have to see. Um, you know, I think we got guys here that can that can be better than what we ended up last year. Uh, I don't put a lot of stock into the home road splits, but you know, we, we just got to be better all around. Uh, I think the other thing is uh, year two in in a, you know we had a new coach last year, completely new defensive system. Uh, in a lot of ways, I think that's the thing that takes longer in the NBA. Uh, there's just so many these days complex rotations and reads. Um, I think our guys got better as it went along. And then we're going to have to figure out a way to, to bring more guys in that can, you know, be two-way players, can defend, can hit shots, can, uh, you know, make smart plays on the offensive end. And so we're going to continue to do all those things to, to shore that side up. So there's Monty McNair there. Uh, he pushed back. I didn't leave the part of my question on there. But I had asked him about the defense. And, you know, the, the fact Your that favorite they were stat. eighth in defensive rating on the road. Uh-huh. And whatever, 27th at home. And he he said he didn't put a lot of stock in that stat. I have said that stat 8,000 times. Uh-huh. I, I want to ask him later. And that wasn't the spot to follow up. But my thought is, I mean, why don't you put any stock on that? That's a 41-game sample size. Yeah. It's not nothing. And and shouldn't you already see an advantage of, of being at home? Home yeah. court advantage. Yeah. So, like, why why is your defense so shitty it, it's not on like, the home floor? And it's not like, oh, you were 23rd at home and 17th on the road. Okay? I mean, it's 8th versus, like, 27th. I mean, that's kind of crazy. Yeah. And, and I think part of it is I don't know that they can explain it. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like, how how do you Dada explain doesn't explain it, it the I, right I, way? I, don't, I have not talked Robot. to anybody from players. We asked De'Aaron this, Davion. No one can explain like why that would be. My whole point to it is, I think they're capable of playing 
the better defense. Uh-huh. And you saw it th- uh, for stretches. And, and in the playoffs, and I think what Monty is saying is just understanding, having high IQ guys, and understanding like this is a process, and they're going to have to find guys who can do it if these guys on the current roster don't. And having, like he just said, like you were just saying, more two-way guys. That was another thing that he had talked about. I had asked him a little bit about Keegan and, you know, how crazy is it that you saw him evolve, like a rookie evolve in his first year. And then you see from the California classic, like he's already going to take a leap. He started talking about him more on both ends of the floor, Mm. how he's really taken a leap and how he is, um, he's really encouraged by his play also on the defensive end, which makes sense. I mean, if he, if Keegan can take a step, on both ends, I mean, <laughs> he looked great physically too. He looked great he, he looked on media great. day. No, I and I, he's definitely gotten bigger. He's put on some weight uh, in a good way. Uh, yes. And I know, by the way, I am the body. I'm going to stop myself good. here because here we go. Everywhere around the country, this guy. Hey, you see, Garza's down to like four percent body fat. You know, there's always like a storyline. I know. I'm just telling you physically. I'm like, he just looks noseably strong. That's all. He just I does. didn't ask I don't, him how much he weighed. That doesn't mean he he's, didn't touch him yeah. and go, mm, is this a little bit fatty over here? But I, I think he's even, some some have said they, they think he's gotten taller. And I also heard that his vertical has improved. Wow. So. Wow. His vert improved. So he's had some plyometrics to his. I don't know what he did, but. I love that I say that. It's I'm like excited to see. probably doing plyos all the time. Um, Yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited for Keegan, but I'm also excited for this Kings defense. And when I say I'm excited, I said this to Mark Jones today. I said we were talking about teams continuity um, and he started mentioning the Denver Nuggets. And I was like, yeah. And that was a team that was in the middle of the pack when it comes to defense. So, like, can you get there? Can you somehow get to the middle of the pack? Like that that would be to be taking. a huge leap for the Kings defensively, but hey, they did something else that we weren't expecting them to do last year too. Preseason Deuce. Oh, yes. Believes this team is going to be really, really good. I think the rest of the NBA is still sleeping on Sacramento. I, I think, think there's so. No, I think there's a, a great portion that's unsure that that was real because I feel like every time I hear Sacramento being mentioned, it's like, yeah, but it was one year. Well, it was one year. Uh, hey, they stayed. They stayed really healthy. That was uh, so cute. Hey, that beam. I mean, the Lakers and Clippers were banged up. You know, there's always a yeah, but with Sacramento. That's fair. And and it, uh, to a certain extent, but I think this Kings team, why I'm even higher on them this year. Yeah, they're deeper. Yeah, they've got legit depth on this squad battles I mean, there's going to be battles going yeah. on for playing time and i love that i think there's a hunger too i think there's a, a especially for those who were here last year yeah like they're fired up i think javel mcgee is fired up this year because he went to dallas thinking he was going to have one role and then he wasn't part of their thing and now he's coming back to a coach he knows Mike Brown, some coaches he knows from Golden State, he feels like this is going to be a good opportunity for me. I'm excited to actually play some JaVale McGee for you because he had some things about why he's excited to play in Sacramento, why he wanted to be here. Um, I mean, there's just so many angles to go over. We have expectations to talk about. Some of the guys talked about expectations. We have some more Sasha, some bonus. Oh, my God. Yeah, I'm excited. And Mike Brown talking about, I asked him about some changes to the offense. Okay, wait, get to JaVale. We'll go JaVale McGee. Yeah. Because we're talking about depth. 
The keys to tight and, and Monty can confirm this. This is not a surprise at this point. Uh-huh. But you know, over the offseason, they signed the Mias Keda and Nerlens Noel to training camp deals. Basically, you know, non-guaranteed deals. They get paid to come to camp, and if you make the team, you you, you get another guarantee and so forth. They were really surprised when JaVel McGee became available. And when he became available, it was a no-brainer to them. They love his experience, mm-hmm. that he's been on really good teams. He's won championships and his relationship with Mike Brown. Yeah. And that was a big reason why he signed here. He said that was a huge reason oh. why he signed in Sacramento is because of Mike Brown and his belief and understanding. And that's a one another thing I, I heard from many players today, especially some new ones, is like, they like what they like about the coaching staff is they don't bullshit you. Mm. It's like they're gonna tell you like it is. They're gonna cuss at you, but they're gonna love on you. Like they're gonna hold you accountable. Yeah. And I think that players connect with those that type of coaching because it's like I don't want you to tell me one thing and then be telling some someone else about me behind my back. That that keep but, it real. But also like, how many times have I talked to you about this league in? the direction it goes into especially when there's star players like superstar players on a team it's there's no it's i'm not the back in my day old school basketball i like when a coach hat takes over and everyone listens to the coach like i get it the game has changed like there's going to be ways that you have to adjust your way of communicating and coaching but at the same time i think it is so very important to let a coach coach and that is every player buying into letting this coach coach and not rolling your eyes when he tells you something about um you know the offense or to do some it's like they all respect him hear him and feel that same way and that has allowed this team to have this this something about it's like pure right like the way that they're playing basketball like i know we love the style and everything but there's wow. there's this pure basketball going on in sacramento with this entire organization it's almost like you heard what javel mcgee said about why he's excited Shut about up. playing in sacramento i asked him what excites him about being with the kings uh what excites me the most is uh coming off the bench and being able to have the ball in my hands uh the, the the way that this system works is they go through the big a lot. And uh, every system I've been in where I've had the ball in my hand, I've been successful, not even on the scoring aspect, but on the facilitating aspect and and, and being able to play make. Uh, and I'm just honored to be in that position because uh, because uh, you go to different teams, they have different roles for their bigs. And uh, sometimes people can't deal with those roles or they're not excelling in the role of not doing anything. So it's just people wake up for different things. You know what I'm saying? People wake up and have ambition for different things. And it's just uh, when I when I was going over watching film of how they play and I realized like, dang, like the biggest of ball, damn near even if they're not, if not plays not for them, the biggest of ball. And as a big man, and I'm sure all the big men out there can tell me, when you touch the ball, even if you're not scoring it, it just motivates you uh, to keep going and, 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 and keep playing harder for your team. Um, when you're on the court and you don't touch the ball four or five times down the what you call it, it's just it's depleting. Um, so, yeah, that's not happening here. So it's a beautiful thing. I know on that, especially with what you said you bring to the team. When you're watching them last year, do you look at them and go, yeah, I see where I fit? Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure, for sure. Especially on the defensive end. Uh, um, me being a, a true seven-footer, I'm really 7'1". Um, people don't really take that into aspect. Uh, 
I don't have the, the, the regular uh, stature of a seven-foot guy to where you're like, if you see him in a picture by himself, you're like, oh, yeah, the guy's seven foot. You see me in a picture by myself, you might not know how tall I am. And then you see me next to somebody, and you're like, what's really going on? Every time somebody comes up to me, they're like, wow, you really are seven. Um, and it's different. It's different up here in the seven-foot land. But uh, I'm, I'm just, man, I'm just blessed to be here, and I'm really excited for the season to come up. And I really don't like – this is gonna happen next year. This is gonna. I really just like going out there, putting out, putting in the work, and then you guys just see. Just seeing it. Praise. That so on so many levels, Deuce. He is so right. There's so many teams that run up and down the floor, and if you are not even touching the ball, if you are not part of the play, you're like, why am I just doing sprints right now? Are you are you just saying like because he played with Luca last year? Is that why you mentioned that? <gasps> no, I wasn't. I didn't know if that's where you're going. I didn't mean to. He's played with a lot of people and a lot of teams and a lot of star teams where it's not a standard yeah. to have everybody touch the ball. And that is so very important because then you do feel part of it and it does energize you in such a different way as an athlete, as a player. Yeah, I loved hearing from JaVale about that because... He played with the Warriors, too, with Mike Brown, so he understands the, yes. the offensive system they're in. I think Sacramento really struggled to find that backup big last year that they felt comfortable mm -hmm. with, like, hey, I can run some shit. I'm, you know, I can roll hard to the basket. I could be a factor in dribble handoffs. He's used to this stuff. Yeah, and I guess, I guess when, for me, I mean, this is for me personally, when I go into the season, my expectations, I, I don't have high expectations for him and Alex Len as backups, I just, I am more like, what can Mike Brown bring out of them? Like, how can he structure that? So like when Domas isn't on the floor, the hub of the offense at most times on that end of the floor, how is he changing that where it's just not this huge drop off yeah. and it all just I, makes sense? I think it's going to be, I think it's one of the bigger upgrades for Sacramento. Just like because that. like you said, like we've talked about, you can use Trey Lyles at the five mm -hmm. too. And I, I love small ball five. I, I thought it worked successfully during the playoffs when the Kings used it against the Warriors. But McGee just has great size. And oh, yeah. I mean, he's going to block some shots. He's going to run his ass off. Yep. He's going to set some good screens and set his teammates up. He Lob threat. He knows his role. Yep. That, and that's such an important he's thing to have. Right yes. And I think his role isn't just, it's not just on the floor either. I think, Having another vet who's vocal. I, agree. I think the Kings needed one more of those. I do. Yeah. You know, I, I think, and he's their oldest guy, I think. And he's probably in the best part. When I say the best part of his career, I'm not talking about his prime as an athlete on the floor. I'm more just talking about from a maturity yeah. standpoint, too, because you're still going to see those chaotic moments. Like that has always been a part of his game. Um, but at the same time, it's so much more under control. Oh, man. His, um, I, I think. Someone in the chat mentioned this a bit ago. I think he and Monk are going to have some fun together in the pick and roll oh as a God. lob threat, having yes. another lob threat out yes. there. Uh, another funny moment from King's Media Day. Uh, JaVel McGee was asked about his thoughts on the beam. What's your thoughts on the beam? Do you think it's, it has an 
outsider's perspective. As an outsider, I hated it. Uh, <laughs> I remember uh, last year I was with Dallas, and I, I, you know, I did the I do the uh, the huddle right before the game. And the last thing I would say, I believe we played y'all back to back. Yeah. And uh, the last thing I would say is uh, just excuse my language. Is in the last last one I need, fuck that bean. Because <laughs> we like we don't want them to light it. Because if they light it, that means you won. So yeah. we was trying to come in here and get a win. But being on the opposite side of actually lighting the bean, you know that's exactly what I'm saying. Let's light that motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> like that motherfucking beam. You laughed all over it. You want me to play that end part again? Oh my god. What's your thoughts? Beam, you know that's exactly what I'm saying. Let's light that motherfucking beam. You <laughs> laughed all over it. I mean, you did. It's okay. I'm not. People are like, what is it? Yeah, I know. What did he say? That was Deuce's passive aggressive way. Want me to play it again? Basically <laughs> saying, shut up, Morgan. Don't laugh and have fun when he says motherfucking beam. <laughs> Yeah, but I get, hey, he broke down the huddle that's with the cool. Mavs. He's yeah. like, yeah, fuck that beam. I and, and I love that because you know that's how all yeah. other opposite teams, opposite teams, how all the other teams felt about the beam and about the Kings. Love it. Yeah. Appreciate everyone hanging out in the chat, by the way. You guys are hanging out with us on our Kings Media Day coverage. We're going to be live again after every single Kings game this year. And that starts preseason, October 8th, Sunday night. I know what you're saying, but Deuce, the Cowboys are playing the 49ers. No one's well, saying that. Um, ball is life. We're going to be live, and you can always watch it later if you want to on demand, but there's nothing like the vibes of the night show. Dude, and I think the WNBA finals start that night, which is so st- Or maybe it's that day. I'll have to look, but like, uh, man, like, what are we doing? What, yeah. are, what are we doing, guys? Come on. Yeah. That's a bummer. But either way, night chat <laughs> that evening. Let's go. Yeah. I So... Love what I heard from JaVale McGee, and I think he's fired up, a little bit of a chip on his shoulder after what happened last year in Dallas. He went there to be a starter, and then he ends up not playing much and you know, really couldn't crack Jason Kidd's rotation, and I think that was a tough thing for him to swallow. I think he believes he's got more to give in this game, and uh, he's ready to do it. But he also, he talked about it, though, too, of really just understanding his role. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure, but I think he, it's different. When you go to Dallas and like the center rotation wasn't like a strength of theirs per se, right? Right. He knows Demona Sabonis is here. Uh-huh. Like he knows he's on a team that's got a lot of weapons. And I'm sure he also knows there could be some nights he may not play. Mm-hmm. But if he's out there and he's rebounding, he's blocking shots, running the floor, he's going to end up getting some big minutes. And Mike Brown's going to have some tough decisions to make with the rotation. There, This is a deep team. And the challenge that comes with that is, okay... How do you keep everyone happy and engaged? Because there could be some guys that believe they should be playing or maybe played more last year that mm-hmm. don't get to play as much this year. Absolutely. And hopefully that lights a competitive fire under their asses to, you know, do something different. Or um, I, I feel like a lot of these guys, too, there's a lot of guys talking about like really working on their shooting. And I think they're really seeing not only how valuable it is in this league but to this team it's like if you can if you can make your shot they'll keep you in there because you will be a powerful weapon um the next thing we should talk about one we we kind of hit on keegan looking stronger fox looks strong i think no one looked like they were out of shape Everyone looks like they're ready to go. It's not yeah. like there's like, hey, uh, there's one guy that looks a little. Does that off. happen anymore in this league for the most part? Um, no, I think guys are. 
I don't know. I, I mean, Zion I is always the one to watch because he has struggled with that over the years because he's had injuries and then he's had, you know, he's just And a then James dude. Harden usually, but well, it wasn't even Harden, training yeah, that's camp. more of a, like, he doesn't care during the offseason type thing. Sure. Um, but yeah, uh, one guy I was interested in talking to was Kevin Herter because he said something after the Kings were eliminated from the playoffs. He, he talked about how, like, there's different levels of shape and he felt like what he learned from the playoffs was I have to be in elite shape. Uh-huh. If I'm chasing around Clay Thompson and I need to run dribble handoffs Soccer and I'm getting bumped around, you have to be in better shape. So I uh, asked him about that at media day. At the end of the season, you had mentioned that you wanted to get to another level of physical condition, especially with all, you know, the physicality of the playoffs. Do you feel like you got there? Do you feel like you're better prepared kind of going into this season for the rigors of, of yeah, the year? From where I started going into last season, definitely in a better spot. Uh, a lot of that is the way that we're going to play and how we want to play and super fast pace, getting up and down, uh, increase the physicality defensively. So I'm sure Mike talked about a couple seconds ago. Uh, so just across the board, everybody's got to be in really good shape for us, for this to work at the highest level that it's supposed to work at. And, I realize that. All right. Oh. I I mean, in like you said, it's something he's talked about so many times. And I love that. Because of the experience that he had in that postseason specifically, it was like, oh, it clicked. This is what makes them different. The Warriors, Steph Curry, Clay. I mean, running around like that. How can I get there? I can I can physically do that. I mean, it's truly just about staying in that soccer like shape yeah. where you're just running your conditioning is just up to par do you want to hear some of the people talk about expectations oh i love talking expectations well, mike brown's a championship and i don't know if he's talking about this year but championship was definitely mentioned by mike brown championship i mean that's of course going to be what your mindset is and not and then, every team no and i feel not every team and i feel like for them it they feel like it's more realistic well I'm not playing it because I don't have it in front of me, but Malik Monk did the one thing he was talking about with their defense. He said, if we were better defensively, we would have been in the conference finals. Oh my God. This, Love that. They, the defense was a big talking point today from all the players that came through and physicality. And I think they understand like if they're going to take a step as a team this year, mm-hmm. it has to be better on that end of the ball. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. All right, expectations time. De'Aaron Fox, what are your expectations, man? We have high expectations for ourselves. Like, we all we all want to win a championship. I think that's that's our next goal. Um, you know, your next goal isn't to just get out of the first round. Like, you don't, you don't get anything for that. So, uh, for us, that that's our next step. That's what we want to achieve as a team and um, I'm sure everybody in here has obviously individual goals but I think they all come stem back to us being a better team so uh, that's that's what we're worried about that's all we're worried about we come in we're trying to come in from day one and uh, we're trying to achieve that goal I love it I love it as I mean again that is their mindset because if their mindset was Get to the second round of the postseason. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're it's right. just it'd be it, weird if, like, you know, I just to be honest, can we just get all the first round? Well, but and then then the other years when guys were coming in and going like championship, that's always the goal. You never felt it. It's like no, even you know that you don't have a championship roster right now. Like, they, like that's not really your mindset. You're just saying the right thing. Where this, you feel it. I put poise that question to the YouTube chat. The poll question, what are your expectations for the season? The options, championship, baby, conference finals. I want to know the first round. Or can we just get back to the playoffs? 37% of people say championship. Are there expectations? You fans are insane. Uh, 25% say conference finals. 31% say I won on the first round, and just seven percent say, "Can we just get back to the playoffs?" Yeah, I think at minimum this year, you 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 want to see them take that step and win a series. Like, that's it. That's just a natural thing. You know, you think about the old Kings teams from uh, the early two thousand. It took them a few years to get out of the first uh-huh. round. Like they they went a couple of years, and then they had to make some changes, and they finally got there. It's hard to do. It is. It is hard to do to take another step, but that's that's what's next. It's not easy to win an NBA game. And I think that was when I was talking to Trey Lyles today, I was asking him about the beam and you know, like how special that was and everything. And he's like, he's like, that's the thing. It was celebrating a win in the NBA and a win in the NBA is not by any means easy. And so you have to appreciate that. And that's what fans were doing. They were just really appreciate like their perspective 
of a win was appreciating every single one of them. And I thought that was really cool because there's some people who just go, those are our expectations when really it's like understanding how hard that really is to do, especially some of those grueling games. It's like, yeah, respect it, appreciate it. It's a long season. Like the MF and bean. you have to enjoy the fun moments and yeah. enjoy the ride. And I think not only for player, it's a good reminder for players and coaches. Like, no, like appreciate these. It doesn't mean it's everything. No, right. But no, it doesn't mean like, you won a championship. Hey, we won a game. We could have fun with this yes. a little bit. We can light a fog machine and lasers yes. and give out a deep pog chain and have fun. Don't you know? take life too seriously. Remember to celebrate the small things. If you want to call it that. And you can still have big goals while celebrating the small yes. things. Kind of like us on the podcast. You know, I had this conversation with Morgan the other day what? to get real for a second. Oh, you know, I'm like, I appreciate oh, yeah. so much how much the podcast has grown. So appreciative. And I'm like, this is so fun. It's cool that more people are enjoying the content. The community gets bigger. It's really fun. But I'm like, I'm not satisfied. Like, I said this on a, we did a Patreon Q&A, mm. patreon.com slash deuce and mo if you want to be a part of it. Uh, we do monthly Q&As there. Anyway, so um, too. one of the things I had mentioned was like the or De'Aaron Fox interview we did over the off season. If you haven't listened to it, I don't know why you haven't. Um, no, it was two hours with De'Aaron and Rasay Fox. They were amazing. And it, it has like almost 19,000 views now, <laughs> which like. For for us, it's like that's awesome. I guess let's that's, go. It's we did hey, it. It's and a really telling, good number. Yeah. The, the, another part of me is like that shit should have a million. Like that's my competitive fire. I like, love I, when he says I, a million, but yeah, I appreciate. I appreciate that's a championship great, to you. I appreciate it. You know, yeah. and so like I, I appreciate the fact that we got dear and we're say in studio. I appreciate the fact that they were here for two hours and were vulnerable and we had a great oh. conversation. But I'm like, oh, what a vibe. Oh, it's one of those interviews you go. I really enjoyed the conversation and, and I hope. But the thing is, when you talk about the number, and I think this is important to say, it's not because it's a number and it means like, oh, it's a big number. Yay, I feel good about myself. It's we want more sports yeah. fans to to consume yes. an interview that we like, like something that we created, like a piece of art that we want more eyes to see because we loved it so much. So we hope that like others and more could love it as well. Let's get back to the Kings. I just had to briefly throw that out there. I love you know, the brief throw it, it out. It all connected. It all connected. I don't even care if it didn't. It's just fun. It's shit we talk about. Uh, you want to hear Sabonis talk about expectations? Hell yeah. Here's Demonis Sabonis. The expectation for us is just to carry on building of what we did last year. You know, we set a culture here that um, that we just got to keep the new faces to uh, buy into it and keep building on it. What do you feel like you learned personally from um, the seven-game series against the Warriors? Um, I learned that uh, we can actually guard. Uh, obviously, <laughs> things turned out how they could, but um, our numbers and all the analytic stuff that uh, the coaches do, you know, um, we definitely can do it, you know, and uh, we just got to start with that tomorrow. Tomorrow, um, Maybe we use a lot of energy there, you know, and, and they'd have the same uh, offensive power, but now, now that the coaches know, that they say they know that we, 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 we can be at a certain level, uh, they're going to push us uh, starting tomorrow. So if we can condition ourselves to do that and still do the offense we have been doing throughout the year, um, we're going to be a scary team. How can that playoff experience help you guys elevate your defense throughout the season versus just turning it on for a playoff series? Uh, big, because that means we're, we're going to be used to it. You know, that's going to be our standard, you know, so we won't be able to go uh, below that. And um, in the playoffs, you know, every, everyone elevates their game. So we'll definitely be ready. 
Yeah, and, and that's why, like, I don't expect the Kings to all of a sudden turn into a top five defensive team. I don't think the personnel is there. Um, and I don't necessarily think they need to. And, you know, defense, it, it takes a lot, you know, especially for a team that their offense is so is based so much on movement and pace. Uh-huh. It's, it's hard, you know. It, it's hard to do both at a really high level, but can you be just better? Something that you and I talked about the other day, too, is like another way to obviously just get better at everything is finding a way to just making sure that you're you're getting that rebound you're getting that stop because if you're getting that rebound getting that stop you're pushing it the other end toward the other end you're playing more offense you're playing your basketball and go back to game seven what happened in the third quarter the warriors got every single offensive rebound Mm -hmm. it was one of the most bizarre things you could ever see and what did that do deflating second chance opportunities you're not getting back and pushing nope and and the kings were a pretty good defensive rebounding team last year and that that is so significant it is and when the kings had success against the warriors in the playoffs they were winning the rebounding advantage right so yeah it's so key you know it's we always think about defense is just getting stopped it's getting a rebound it's getting (laughs) the damn rebound in some ways your best offense it, your, your best defense at times could be your offense pushing the pace, like get numbers and, and, and putting them on their heels yep. and get exactly. No, exactly. And so it's like sometimes too, I think when people think defense, they're like, do you have that true rim protector? Do you have um, a drew holiday? Do you, you know, like asking for these specifics on these defenders in the NBA, because that's what they, that's what they have seen lead to just like, uh, winning and and success but then if you look at a team like the Denver Nuggets Jokic is not the fastest big you've ever seen but what he does is he stays active in there right he's staying active he's keeping his long arms up he's they're utilizing him as the anchor and making sure that they're all trying to move along a string and stay together. Their team defense yep. was on a different level. And so, yeah, that's what, for me, whenever I look at this Kings defense, it's not about what individual defender they can add. I just look at it as a team. How can they can uh, actually get better? And another thing that I was thinking about heading into training camp, you know, cause I, I kind of got that coach's mind, Morgan, as you know, right? No? No. Okay. Um, I, I start thinking about what are some interesting things to watch in the camp? And one of the things I was curious about is what type of changes will we see offensively? Because on one hand, you're like, what do you mean? Hmm. They had the best offense in basketball in the regular season. You had three-point shooting. You had two all-star players. Like, the offense? Yeah. You put up 176 points in a road game in double overtime against the Clippers. But in the playoffs, some of those weaknesses mm-hmm. get exposed a little bit. And the Warriors did a great job taking things away. So that was one of the things I uh, asked Mike Brown about today at Media Day. Your guys' offense was obviously one of the best in basketball last year. I'm curious, how, mu- how much do you change from last year to this year, if, if at all? No, we, we, we feel like we need to tweak some things, you know, and, and obviously uh, when you get into a, a grueling playoff series versus 
you know, the four or five time NBA world champions and in, in, in the Golden State Warriors, uh, they make you adjust and they throw things at you defensively that kind of make you sit back and go, hmm, okay, people are going to watch this film. So we need to change this, adjust that, and and see if we can come up with something that still fits our style of play while combating the issues that we faced against the Warriors and some of the other teams during the course of the regular season. What does that look like for you? Like, what, what, what kind of changes? I mean, obviously you don't have to go deep into detail, but what are some things that may look different? I, we may add some things with our DHO game. Everybody knows we like to play. We have a DHO game that's pretty effective, especially between, between Domas and Kevin. And uh, a lot of times that comes out of a deep corner. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember, we moved that to half court. We moved those guys to half court and had it going uphill uh, so they couldn't sit on the top side and stop us from coming uh, over the top of the handoffs from the deep corner. That's just one that's straight, that was very obvious to everybody. There are others, too, that uh, we're going to make. There are other areas where we're going to make some changes offensively so that, you know, if we're in a physical series, uh, guys can't hold us and grab us and bump us and knock us off course to disjoint what we're trying to do offensively. We want to be able to guys, we want to continue to be able to give guys uh, space and the ability to have different options. If they take this away, boom, right now do that. If they take that away, boom, right now do this. And uh, so we're continuing to try to tweak it to be better uh, in those areas. Great follow-up, and I'm so glad he elaborated. Because that was beautiful. Well, it's a it's a fine line, right? Because um, that's why I said obviously don't go in the. Gr- yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. He's not going to. Sh- hey, well, Deuce, let's go over the entire thing. But I'm just like, give me a little. We're going to have here. a down like, screen here in yeah, this yeah. action, and then yeah. he's yeah. No, no, and and I love I love when he talked about the adjustments that they did make with um, starting everything up high, maybe even more in that early offense. But also when he was talking about guys grabbing and everything and trying to leave more space, it's so true. If you if you don't have Domas setting or being the person that's like screening off somebody in the dribble handoff, then it's okay. I'm not trying to say this as a negative thing. Domas is the best thing ever when it comes to dribble handoffs. Um, I, I talked to Kevin Herter about it. I talked to De'Aaron Fox. Like there's no one like it. Like, you know that you're going to, your partner is going to create space for you and it's going to be great. He's one of the best screeners in the NBA. And so when Mike Brown is talking about guys grabbing, doing all these other things, all these other guys, with when it comes to screening and dribble handoffs, you got to make sure that you're finding a way, even if you don't, have the ability to be the size of Domas bonus and to be, have that same sort of strength. How can you utilize your spacing to make sure that you are creating that space for the guy coming off of you? Exactly. And I, I think they can get creative with other things that they need to do. And I, I think even running more pick and rolls. I know it's like such, it's one of them. Everyone runs pick and roll. There's nothing new, but I think the Kings would have done it a little more last year, especially with Fox and Sabonis. Uh, they did a lot with Malik Monk, who's just such a gifted pick and roll player, such a good playmaker. Smart, quick, yep. Yeah, he just makes really fun decisions, gets his teammates involved, and can still get his at the same time. So it, it it's something to watch, you know, in the preseason and to follow. Like, okay, are we noticing anything different? You know, we know that the dribble handoff game is not going to be something that they go, well, hey, the Warriors had some success against it. Guess we'll just put that aside. It's like, no, you had an 82-game sample size of being a really great offense. What are some tweaks that you can make to make life easier that when these situations happen, you can be quick with it? I think the other thing, too, is like 
uh, you know, not to do a whole deep dive on the game, the series against the Warriors, but like it would have just helped if guys were making shots. If Herter makes some shots, if Barnes makes some shots, uh, if Sabonis wasn't hesitant uh-huh. for the mid-range yep. game, all those things matter. And and that's why like you, you take everything from that series and you go, what can we learn from this? How can it make us better? I still maintain facing the Warriors in the first round is probably one of the best things that this team agreed. One of the best experiences that they could have had. I I agree with that. And going off of something else that we might see more of with this Kings offense, like making those adjustments while it's just adding and or tweaking things. I think you're going to see, or I hope you're going to see more playmaking, even from someone like Keegan Murray. Yeah. Right. And not someone who we saw in the California classic. I know we always go back to the California classic, but we saw it there being executed at a high level where he's putting the ball on the floor. He's making plays. He's um, making plays for himself. He's creating defenses are having to collapse, leaving more guys open. It doesn't need to just be De'Aaron Fox. Um, it doesn't just need to be Malik Sabonis, Monk yeah. when he comes off the bench or even Sabonis in the dribble handoff situations or, you know, like we just said, seeing the floor and making that pass. Can it be someone like Keegan um, and some of these other guys? And hopefully that's something that they are adding to their offense. So then these defenses are going to have more trouble and a more difficult time guarding this team. We got a couple of Keegan things in just a second. Before we get there, I want to mention Sabonis um, because I asked him about, you know, w- what the Warriors kind of threw at him in in that playoffs, and maybe what individual work he's done uh, since then. Teams exposed weaknesses too in the playoffs, and it, it seemed like the Warriors, obviously with all their experience, did a good job on you guys and limiting your offense. Um, were there things that you needed to focus on individually with your offense? Is it is it not hesitating on the mid range? Like what what was it for you this offseason? Uh, yeah, of course. Um, you know, sh- shooting has been a big part of my of my game since since I came to the league. You know, and improving that and just um, being being con- con- uh, confident with it and shooting it, and at the same time learning when to shoot, when to not, you know, if I make a couple and it's open again, you know, at the same time, I am the main hub of the offense and getting the ball moving. And if I decide to shoot every time, at the same time, we're not this offense that we have created here, you know, so I trust myself and my IQ to figure that out during the games, you know, and uh, when to do what. So there's Sabonis talking about that. Is he giving a little emo vibe with his hair coming over? Are you serious? Just so, and I and I know like no. Jimmy Butler's bit was like that, but like I'm getting I'm getting a little swipe over from uh, and lots it's of hair. It's it's just, yeah, no no it's cute it's fluff I like it, but I'm just it's a different style. It's like it's, it's definitely not a emo. It's a little longer on top. I'm glad th- I'm glad we played that and that's what jumped out to you. Um, but yeah, I think that's another element is like. <laughs> Sabonis will never admit these things because it's just not the player he is. He's pretty tough, right? Like he could have had surgery over the uh, right when the injury happened, right before Christmas, missed time. He played through it. Um, But he he was mentioning how like today he was mentioning that when it would get hit, like it would swell up and have issues. And I tried to ask him about you know how how big much of a factor was that during the playoffs, like because. Teams are more physical. They're yeah. going to swipe. And you know, damn old Draymond's trying to swipe at the hand. He downplayed. He was just like, yeah, but I wasn't really thinking about it because there's so much treatment, all the stuff I'm doing to it. His his hand wasn't right, which obviously impacted things too, I think, with his shooting. And so maybe we're all making too much uh, of it. I want to mention the thumb. Okay. 
Go ahead. Do you have something to add? No, 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 no. I'm, I'm seeing where you're going with this. Uh, he, he talked about something. He did not have surgery. And that was something we were all wondering. Oh, is he going to have surgery over the offseason? That was something that was talked about. He says he's 100% healthy, but he didn't do a lot of non or a lot of contact things oh. throughout this offseason. Okay. Here's the exchange with uh, Jason Anderson from the B. You said the thumb is fully healed. Uh, what was the, the recovery process like for, for you during the offseason? Was there like some downtime where you, you just didn't do anything to allow that to heal? Uh, well, I couldn't play any, any contact sport for a long time. Um, if, if I went in the gym, it was um, uh, shooting, just shooting, catch and shoot, nothing crazy, you know, no, nothing hitting on it because anytime it would, get, it would get hit, it would get swollen again, so then I would just delay the healing process. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I, I didn't get a lot as a lot of contact practice as much as I wanted for uh, this this summer. Probably quite a while. It was two, three months, you know. Okay. Um, yeah, I definitely could work on my game and my and and my body, but nothing nothing live against anyone else. So yeah, he went a while without that, you know. And he likes not to have surgery. Did the whole rehab thing. Says he's one hundred percent healthy now. So it's going to be interesting, you know. Oh, he says he's one hundred percent healthy. If that gets hit in practice, is he feeling a little bit or? Should it be good then? I think if he's 100% healthy, okay. Okay. then he's good. I think the only thing, it's just like anything with an injury. If you do something that's a little bit too much, like let's say, let's say you can bend, one thumb can take a certain kind of hit, but the one that's been injured might, something else might happen to it, right? Like with the wrong type of hit, the contact or whatever. That can happen. But, um, and that would really be shitty because you saw him play through this injury, which is great, but you also saw it make an impact basketball. I mean, they're playing basketball. Like you, you play with your hands. He has the ball <laughs> in his hands yeah, yeah. a lot. And I think sometimes people just go, it was just a hand injury. He's fine. Play through it, you know, put some dirt on it, whatever the hell people say, but it's still going to alter your game and sometimes it's going to hurt or throb or whatever and it's going to be here it's going to be there mentally and it's just going to mess with you so yeah hoping that it really is 100 percent that the time he did take off uh did help heal it and that's what they usually say all all it needs is time uh the other guy who had a hand injury in the playoffs to Aaron fox he said he was good a month after Love so it. he's all good to go sounds like everyone's ready to go uh for the season i do have some more things we got to get to Aren't you loving this? Aren't you loving so we're like happy talking to about here. like yes. there's actual like shit to talk about. Yes. No. And not to say like not that there wasn't, but like reacting off of a media day right now, I just it's I needed this in my life. And for those who want to watch like the full press exchange with all the players and coaches, it's available on our YouTube page, youtube.com slash at deuce and mo. Pretty simple. That's simple. Yeah, if you're watching this live on YouTube, it's really simple. But I'm for the audio people's. Oh, doing nice! That. Yeah. that was really smart. It's really smart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I like the way your brain goes. Uh, Preseason Deuce is pretty sharp. Is he? Yeah, 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 yeah. Really? Yeah, I'm okay. ready to go. I'm in. I'm in. I'm ready for the regular season. Aren't we all? No, but I mean, like mentally. Like oh, really? I, I'm personally locked. In. Can, can well, I'm just gonna push back a little bit. What about those videos that you edited that didn't have the video on and just the audio? Like, I would say that's not very sharp. <laughs> One, the people listening to this, <laughs> the thousands listening to this later, don't know that. It's all the same. 
And I think it's good to mix it up. You know, some people could just mm. stare at us while we listen. Yeah. Uh, let's get to Keegan Murray because you were talking about him like, all right, what he, he could do offensively. There's uh -huh. been a lot of talk about Keegan Murray and the work he's put in this offseason. A lot of people are high on Keegan Murray, right? Yeah. Uh, here's what Monty McNair said about expectations for the second-year player. I think it's no secret that Keegan is is going to be a huge part of how uh, far we can go these next few years. Obviously a top-five pick. Um, I think he had a very successful rookie season. I've talked a lot about how he continues to answer questions that come up. Uh, you know, I, uh, the first two or three games of the playoff series were maybe not his best, and then he figured it out and had a fantastic end of the series. And he's done that throughout the whole path. Now for him, we saw a summer league. Can he take on a little more of a scoring role? Can he be more aggressive? I know coach made the joke, you know, he got some wiggle. He took it coast to coast. He dunked on guys. So uh, that's going to be a, a big step for Keegan. Um, we got big, big hopes for him. And uh, I don't think uh, there's any secret about that. He's got big hopes for himself. Big hopes for Keegan Murray. Yeah, but he was saying like it, a lot hinges on how how far they can go really depends on what steps he can take over the next few We years. all knew that. We all knew that yeah. at the end of last season. You know, like truly, it, it what we saw from Keegan from day one all the way to the play, like through the playoffs as a rookie, you saw, and then let's even go to the California Classic because we keep going to that. You saw what type of piece he was going to be and he's going to be for this team going forward and it's so cool it's so cool that he's still you know young and that he just keeps growing or his vertical like whatever it is physically that he keeps doing but then also just he's hungry for it he wants it he wants to get better i i'm so excited that he's a part of this future yeah he talked to the media today said you know he's pretty much at the facility five days a week during the off season, working a lot with De'Aaron Fox, getting his work in, working on his body in the weight room, working on his game. Um, I'm really excited to see what he looks like in year two. And I asked him about uh, his aggressiveness this year on the offensive end. How, how much is the coaching staff imploring you to be more aggressive offensively this year and kind of showing what you have been working on? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've been I've been in Sacramento most of the off season, so I've been with a lot of the coaches during the off season and stuff like that, and um, just figuring out different things within the offense where I can be successful. Because um, I know a lot of teams are trying to take away uh, the three point shot now, and um, just trying to figure out what I can do off of that and different ways I can score and mid-range get to the rim stuff like and what do you think about clay thompson and, and paul george were talking about some of the best shooters in the game they, they mentioned you did, did you have i'm guessing you heard it but yeah. what was your reaction to that yeah no it was really cool uh just because i've i mean i've watched those guys uh when i've been growing up and stuff and uh they're they're really uh good players championship winners stuff like that um so kind of have that respect in the nba i feel like it's it's big for me but obviously there's you can't get satisfied, can't get comfortable, even though, um, like, what they said was, it was really cool. Can't get comfortable, can't get satisfied. I, I love it. And I love, I, what they said was really cool. It was really cool. I, I, I like that he can still appreciate that, too. And, I mean, how can you not? As a basketball junkie growing up, playing the game, these are guys you watch, and they're talking about your shot. And... They're talking about your shot for good reason. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited about him the next couple of years. Same. I, 
I do. Maybe this is my cautious side coming out. I do worry that there's a lot of talk this year about, hey, man, if he could take a giant step. I'm like, I don't even think he he needs to take a giant step this year. This is year two for the guy. Mm -hmm. Like, I still expect some ups and downs. Oh, I can't. It's just seeing the growth. Like, I don't need him to average 25 a game this year. Night chat, now this year when he has a bad game because it's his second year, there are going to be so many people that are like, what is he? I thought he was supposed to go better. Blah! Angry, angry, angry. And it's like, no, let's take our time. Let's have fun. What was good? What was bad? Here's what I want from Keegan this year. What do you want? I want to see more aggressiveness. I want him to look for his own a little bit. And obviously, you still want to play in the flow of the offense. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying all of a sudden start going ISO mode. But, like, the guy's got good size. Yeah. He can shoot. I want to see him put the ball on the floor a little bit. The other thing I want, I, and if I'm the coaches, I swear I'm saying this. Keegan, here's a, we had the, we had the uh, film guys put this together. Here's how many times you got blocked on the way to the basket last year. It was far too often. And I, that's, I'm sure he, he's seen it. Be aggressive and go dunk on somebody. Go into a and body. that's why I popped so much during the California Classic, because he did that. Yeah. That's what I want to see in the NBA. You're going to get blocked, but I'm like, dude, go aggressive. When you see a player listen to yeah. a coach or a critique um, to better their game, and then you see it happen with your own eyes, and you see it successfully happen, yeah, there's something about that that is... It's, I'm, sure, I'm sure it's just like when parents like see their their kids walk for the first time you know i'm sure it's just like that <laughs> just like that. <laughs> uh, um the last clip i want to share tonight is from back to sasha it's one of the things i'm looking for uh this season excuse me in training camp i'm curious what his role is gonna be you know like I think they're really high on what he could bring mm-hmm. everyone's raving about his shooting his high iq he's very good off the ball is he playing how many minutes is he playing at night is there a chance he could fight for the starting job i don't know but here's what sasha was uh he was asked about his role in addition to that at the end he was asked about keegan murray i'll be ready for anything you know i'll work out as i said uh, you have to be ready to get the opportunity so uh, i'm waiting the opportunity i think i can help the team and whatever the coach decides i'm here to do it. If you end up coming off the bench, is that something that in a role that you could possibly bring a spark off the bench? And only did that early in his career. Yeah, like doesn't it doesn't uh, affect me or like uh, doesn't mean anything if you come off the bench. You know, the most important is to help the team and the team wins because, as you see, when the team wins, everybody's key player and everybody's happy and the whole organization works better. So, uh, whatever it takes to win. What have you seen early on from Keegan Murray? He's really hard worker, uh, really calm guy, you know, uh, uh, he's not talking too much, you know, but the work he puts in is like, it's, uh, it's what I like because I can see myself like uh, how I was young, you know, obviously in different level, but work out every day, you know, try to improve himself in every aspect of the game and I think he'll be even greater than what he was last year. So there you go. There's Sasha talking about his role. Fine with whatever, man. Just want to win. Just want to win games. Some I appreciate fu- that. Some final takeaways from Media Day. Mm-hmm. I'm going to look at my notes because I wrote some stuff down. I think the veteran experience with McGee 
and Sasha is going to be massive for this team. Okay. I think they're deeper than ever. The vibes are always great at the start of training camp. The vibes are real. JaVale McGee said he signed in Sacramento because of Mike Brown and is excited because of the style of play. Jeremy Lamb, who's on the training camp roster, he was brought back to be on the trade. Remember, he came over in the Sabonis deal. Mm-hmm. He didn't play in the NBA last year. Yeah. Um, he was excited to get that call from the Kings, and he's excited about the possibility of being on this squad. Um, Trey Lyles w- was beyond happy that he could come back. He wanted to come back. Yep. here as his number one priority. He says now, coming into this season, he's more confident than ever in his ability. He looks better. He like, feel, he, it, talking to him, he he yes. has this this confidence about him. Yeah, like that he not did not have shy. last year. No, no, he was much more reserved. Yes, and you know he trimmed down last year. He looked like he lost a lot of weight. He's like, great. Now it's like I think he took another step with his I preparation. I mentioned that to him, and I was like, just looks not trying to talk about his yeah. body to him, but I was like. You came in last year, like, you know, dropping weight. Like, you come in this year again looking different. Yeah. Well, and he said as much, though. I mean, okay. it's, it's not... I understand what you're saying. You know what it's, I mean? It's I so hate weird. talking to no, someone about their body. It is like, so don't interesting. talk about me. Morgan, did you gain 10 pounds? I 12. Yeah, there's no other place where it's, like, cool to be like... Yeah. Hey, like, you look like... You, 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 did you put some on? Like, did you look... It's just not uh, as acceptable in sports. We're like, yeah, man, this guy, he looks a little more chiseled, huh? Oh, God. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then uh, <laughs> Alex Len said it was a no-brainer to come back. He goes, he goes, I did have some other options out yeah. there, but when they called me, I was like, yeah, I'm going back. He likes he, it. And he said he wanted to be, they felt like they had unfinished business mm. after last year. I'm like, Let's go. God damn, it doesn't matter who the hell you talk to. They're all excited about being here. It's so refreshing, you know, and it's it's still like you get used to it because, yeah, the vibes are so good last year. Last year was such a surprise. But to hear so many guys be like pretty amped up about things is cool. I'm looking at my list uh-huh. to see Lyles, Lenya, McGee. Um, yeah, I, I, I thought it was cool. The other funny thing is Sasha was talking about connecting with Sacramento. He's like, I like it. It's kind of calm. It's kind of like um, he's like, I mean, no disrespect. It's like a big village. And I was like, that <laughs> is so- I think that's cute. It, it's cute. You say no disrespect, but you're like, a big village. We're just a big village. Well, I like, no. The reason why I like that, because I don't, I don't, I think some people are always like, oh, this uh, city, this city, this city. I'm like, that, I'm so happy for you and your city, but I freaking, I love my city. I love my yeah, city yeah. because of the intimacy, the like, it's it it can be small and quaint but also it can be it feels like a big small city i love it that great way to describe this city uh harrison barnes at media day today said he was shocked that the kings did not have a christmas day game Ooh, okay hb but and he's right i dig it i know you think the he's mavs right. got just to be clear the mavs won 38 games last year and are on christmas day luca and kyrie Luke and kyrie yeah. Um, Don't be mad. And my final takeaways, I'm looking vibes. Here are my notes, by the way. Vibes are great. Physicality. Sasha's shooting. We hit on that. Mm-hmm. Defense. Yes, we hit on that. JaVel McGee. Lyles. Yeah, we hit on all yeah, that. Yeah, you hit on all that. I, I, as guys were coming through the media scrums mm-hmm. today, I just left going, this team is going to be really good this year. And I think they're going to. They're going to surprise. I, I know that's crazy to say that. I think they're going to surprise people. They won 48 games uh-huh. last year. 
they're winning 50 plus this year. Okay. And I don't need to put a number on it, but you can. I think the offense is going to be ridiculous. And I think the defense is going to be better. They, they have teams. Morgan. What? High IQ try- guys what? and guys who want to yes. work hard. The buy-in is there again. This coaching staff's prepared. I'm excited. Let's go. We know. And Let's I'm go. excited that you're excited. Oh, my God. Can I get a word in after this excitement? What I wanted to say was you mentioned like probably 20 minutes ago okay. about <laughs> okay. about okay. you mentioned you mentioned about the vibes like feeling real uh inauthentic like the, the guys rolling through and it feeling just like like good because i think all the other years when we would come into media day for the kings it we were all relying on being happy because it was the first day of school everyone's happy no one has lost games yes. yet and this feels like genuine happiness where everyone's excited because they're excited to be around each other and they're excited to to get competitive and get going like what it's supposed to feel like it's yeah it's just it's wonderful it's great another funny moment Sabonis was asked about Chris Duarte mm-hmm. and that you know right when he got traded here Sabonis hit him up and said hey come out and like work out with me in LA and Sabonis is like yeah, it was cool. He was here for a week, and then it turned into two weeks, and then all of a sudden it's three weeks, and he's with me in Napa. Like he's been been oh. around me nonstop. But yeah, and it goes to what you were just saying. These guys like being around, around each, each other. other. So I know, I know, I know. People are listening to this right now and going, "God, Deuce, you are dis." There's got to be some people like Deuce, you are disgusting right me. now. You're so, you're way too happy. Preseason you're, news you, is gross. You just, you're falling for media digger. Yeah. I'm not falling for it. Um, because, and I understand like it going back to what Morgan said, media days, it's always exciting. You're back. You know, even when you have a bad team, you're kind of excited. You start trying to talk yourself into things. Can it be different to your point? I'm not talking to my, myself into anything. Uh, uh-uh. I know this you're is just there. I get it. I'm, I'm, and I, it's not saying it's easy. Like the, the West is stacked. Stacked. This, this league is really good. And they can get to it. They can start the season off 0-4 once again. You never know. You never know. But the thing is, it's what like I appreciate that you are vibing with your feelings and just going with it. And uh you are getting caught up in like first day of school. <laughs> I'm very happy vibes. But I, that's what I like about you. I'm just going to I'm, I'm going to leave it there and uh not do the same. It What? Okay, I gave all my takeaways. You had a different experience at media day talking to players, but I mean, you 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 have without putting pressure on you just saying that I'm not doing that. Yeah. You have to feel optimistic about things. Like this is probably the best you felt headed I, into a season. Like with everything, yeah, yeah. with everything. Okay. And Abs- why is that? I, I for think all the same things I mentioned, or for, what? For a lot of the same things that you mentioned, but <clears throat> even just hearing Mike Brown. Well, not just Mike Brown, but Mike Brown elaborating and breaking down the parts of the offense that he wants to evolve. Uh, talking to De'Aaron. And Kevin Herter about this offense and what made it so fun. And just the the way that these guys, their technical breakdowns, and sometimes it's just fundamentals when they're talking about footwork or the way that their shoulders come off a dribble handoff. And that alone, like the basketball IQ surrounding this for a basketball 
freaking nerd, yeah. a junkie, I just love the shit out of it. I'm like, this is this. You know what it is? It's all basketball porn. That's what I just love it. Bounce it all. Wow, wow, wow. Dribble, dribble, shot, shot. Know what I mean? We are going to have a ton of coverage throughout training camp. We're going to have another podcast this week where we talk more in depth on King's training camp, and we're going to hit some NBA storylines. We're going to have a ton of content on our YouTube page as well, so make sure to check it all out. And make sure, if you guys want to support in any other way, you can check out our Patreon. We've been um, active on there, but we're also doing monthly live Q&As. Um, you also get discounts on merch. There's a lot of different perks, so make sure to check it out. We appreciate you guys so, so, so much. Make sure you drop us a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Spread the word about what we're doing. We love you guys, but we gots to go. Deuce and mo, deuce and mo, deuce and mo. They tell you what they know. Deuce and mo, deuce and mo, deuce and mo. The podcast that you know, deuce and mo. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.